0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Dr. Christopher Hall show. And also uh, uh, that's on the Neil Haley show. And what, next, also I'm the sports category director for Podcast Magazine. So I'm first going to welcome Nobel Prize nominated doctor, award-winning author, and ER physician, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? And I know you're excited about our guest.
1: Hey, hey, I'm doing great. Wow. I'm very excited about our uh, guest. I think this is an individual who has a wonderful story. All right. So, introduce our guest. Well, no problem. Well, you know, uh, it's my honor and I'm very excited to introduce a a NFL superstar, a Pro Bowler, okay, an All American. um, I'm happy to introduce Mr. Lofa Tatuba to this show. Welcome to the show, Lofa.
2: Neil, Doc, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, Lofa, I know you're excited, so I'm going to pass it right on to Dr. Hall for the first question.
1: Oh, well, with well, no problem, with well, no problem. Well, you know, uh, Lofa, it seems like uh, kind of what I've found out, it seems like maybe athletics and maybe academics kind of run in the family. So, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of like where you're from, where you grew up, and how you got interested in football?
2: Oh, well, you know, from a football standpoint, it was it was kind of easy. I'm second generation. Um, meaning my dad played in the NFL for 14 years. And so that was something that came very natural to me. As soon as I knew what a football was, I fell in love with the sport. And, um, so that, um, it was my first love, you know, so to speak. And, uh, I, I wanted my dad being my hero. I think, you know, most kids, their parents are their heroes. And, uh, I wanted to do what dad did. And so I got into the family business, uh, I had my first year of playing when I was seven years old. I wasn't very good. Um, I was heavy. I was the heavy kind of chunky kid. So I had to play with the kids that were three or four years older than me. And, um, you know, I was taking my lumps, you know, learning the game. But I loved it. You know, I think those were the the years that built a lot of, you know, toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness to to stay with the game because it could have very easily I could very easily quit just been discouraged by not playing much by not playing well when I did get in but you know um, I stuck with it and and it paid off it
0: definitely paid off so let's talk about at that age when you said you were not the right weight you're you were not the best shape how did you deal with that you know there's a young age so you're playing a sport at a young age so how did you deal with that you know esteem issues things like that yeah
2: Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, it seems so long ago that, you know, I don't remember it vividly, but yeah, you know, kids got bullied, you know, and, um, you know, I was essentially called fat, you know, one of the, you know, I was, I was made fun of. And I think that kind of built some of that toughness that, you know, served me well in life, Um, you know, growing, growing thicker skin, no pun intended. Uh, But it was, You know, just it served as a reminder that, you know, how far I've come. Um, And uh, but again, it was it was uh, not easy growing up, Uh, especially growing up. I was in Boston or just half hour outside of it in Foxborough. My dad played for the Patriots. That's why I'm wearing the Celtics jersey. I know nobody can see it, but they had a big win last night. Um, And yeah, so. Being the only Samoan in Boston, it, it was it was different for that reason too. But um, but you know, so but I felt like all those things were just help molding me into, you know, the the player that I, you know, in person, but but more, more importantly, the attribute of, of toughness, like I said, mental and physical, to be able to push through those things uh when you're not having success. I think that's what ultimately led to. My success down the road, um, sticking with it and putting in the work, and um, and I think it's also something that carried over into my my professional uh, my business uh, life.
0: Okay, Doctor, Hall, next question.
1: Well, I mean that's just incredible. You know, he talks about the physical, mental toughness you, know, you need to make it through when you're in places that maybe aren't and you may be the you know uh, only only brand of your type there. So he he makes that point. So. Wow, we uh, think uh, so. You were at the University of Maine, uh, ended up at the University of Southern California. Wow, it's a great school. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Your experience at USC and how that helped to uh, shape you later on life.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm just going to back it up, Doc, for a second. Um, you know, football being my passion, the NFL being the goal since I was seven. I was telling people I was going to play in the NFL. Um, another speed bump would happen when. I see all these kids around the, the region, you know, getting scholarships to like Boston college and Syracuse and all these big E schools. And um, I didn't have, I didn't have any offers to play linebacker um, from division one. I. I had one offer to play linebacker and that was at Maine at one AA. And um, you know, I did have three other offers, but they were to play quarterback. I was a quarterback and a middle linebacker in high school. So, I did have UConn Rutgers and Temple offer me to play quarterback, but I didn't see this is where I made my first business decision. Uh, I looked around the landscape of the NFL and there were no 5'11 uh, quarterbacks. You know, I mean, maybe Flutie was coming back and forth between the CFL and the NFL, but um, other than him, there wasn't any 5'11 quarterbacks and there was no Samoan quarterbacks, too. Um, you know, kind of speaking to the the whole notion of, you know, when you see someone that looks like you doing it, I always saw junior say, I'll play linebacker, you know, someone that looked like me doing it big. And, um, and my dad was a running back. So I played a little running back, but linebacker came natural to me. Um, I don't know what it was about it. Uh, instinctually it just clicked. So when I, I sat down with my parents, I was like, look, you know, um, my, these are my options. There's not many. I'm going to take the one to go to, to Maine, and so I went up there, and uh, which you know it was a humbling experience. You know, you think, hey, sure. you're, you're playing well, you're going to get Division One, big school, a Power Five conference uh, offer. It doesn't happen, and you know people kind of write you off. They're kind of like, oh, well, he's you know he was a good high school player. He's not going to make it. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right. So, um, and I remember. At first, you know, I went through like, it was almost like a grieving process because I was upset that I felt like I let everybody down, like my family, uh, myself, everybody that invested in me, you know, um, you know, friends and their parents. And, um, you know, I went to Maine and then, you know, I I got pissed off. Um, I I wasn't starting. I was uh, like second or third string. And I had to like, have a a come to Jesus moment with myself and really like talk to the man in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, like who, who the hell do you think you are expecting a scholarship? And, you know, I mean, yeah, you work hard, but you didn't work hard enough, I guess, if, if it's not happening right now, but I knew because of all the things I went through when I was seven, eight, nine, not playing much, I knew I could stick with it and tough it out. And, and, and I was going to be better for it. So, um, My chance came, uh, someone got hurt and I stepped into a starting role. Uh, I got one chance to start and I led the team in tackles, had a couple interceptions and a sack. And from there, I think, you know, when you finally get that opportunity, being ready for it is what it's all about. And so they saw that and I started getting more playing time. And then at the end of that year um, I, I told my parents, I said, Hey, I want to transfer. And, and, you know, the transfer portal wasn't like it is now. It wasn't, you know. No, it's not like
0: crazy what they're doing now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Everyone everyone doesn't stay in school. They go from one school to the next school.
2: Yeah. And so I, I wasn't seeing a ton of guys get the opportunity coming out of one double A, you know, maybe whoever won the Walter Payton or the Buck Buchanan award, they would, they would get it, but they would get a shot. But there wasn't, there wasn't many guys outside of them because the reach of social media and Instagram and putting your, you know, marketing yourself or branding yourself wasn't there back then. So, um, you know, I, I I made a highlight tape and I sent that thing everywhere. And, and but before I left my parents, were, this is my second business decision, right? My parents were like, yo, you know, you had, you had six good games. Like, what, what are you doing? And I told them, I explained my thought process. Guys weren't making it out of one double A. They were not getting invited to the combine. Um, and so it was going to be too hard to make it from there. And if my dream was, you know, the NFL, I said, I'd rather go to division one and know that even if I just I play special teams or I sit the bench, but I'm a part of something, you know, big, you know, uh, you know, a national title team or something. I can live with not playing in the NFL because because I went for it. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to die wondering, like, what could have been. I'm going to take my shot. And so uh, with that in mind, or when I had that conversation, they were like, OK, well, you know, we trust you. You know, go ahead. And and then I got, you know, was supposed to go to Oregon, but a tape, a tape wound up, uh, wound up at SC. And uh, we went and met with Pete Carroll and the Trojans in uh, 2002, August of 2002. And um, when they found out that I was going to go up to Oregon, who was at the top, you know, they had Joey Harrington and right. all these stars, they were at the top of the, you know, uh, the pack at the time. And when he found out that, he said, well, if I give you a scholarship, will you come here instead? My mom, all my family was down to San Diego. So I said, absolutely. I wasn't even not without a hesitation. And uh, he said, congratulations, you're a Trojan. And, uh, you know, we shook hands. And I looked over to my dad and it was, you know, one of the, the few times I remember him, you know, getting his approval, but, you know, 10 saying, you know, smiling, he said, Hey, I'm proud of you, you know, like, so I knew, I knew I had done something pretty big, you know, if, if he was going to say those words.
0: Now, see your father and this, and I love the other follow-up, but I want to get to your father. Now I get the last name, my goodness, you painted your own picture of a successful NFL career, but your father, I remember completely. Because, again, when you're talking about that name and the Patriots at that time, that's got to be difficult. So you want to end up going to play at Maine when your father was this NFL star. Right. And you're like, I'm not living. I'm not living up to his expectations or my own expectations because my father did so well. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Oh, man. It's um, you cast a big shadow. (laughs) And, you know, one, in, in some respects that I'm still living under, and I'm happy to to do so, though, because it just it it's that's how special he was. Um, you know, he spent 12 years uh, since he since he passed 11 years since oh, he passed. Oh, no, it's thank you. But, um, you know, I see he, he passed the 54. And, you know, a lot of people are oh, so young. It, it is. It's young if you didn't live. My dad lived. He lived every year of those fifty-four, and I'm lucky to have had twenty-eight with him. Um, and so, you know, perspective is is huge in life. And but you know, there's still to this day, I'll get an I'll get an email, I'll get a text message, um, you know, just telling me about the impact that he had on somebody's life, you know, and and that's what it's all about, you know, um, how many people can you reach and, and impact while you're here uh, on earth. And uh, so, yeah, you know, in many regards, it felt like I failed him by not, you know, um, getting a major scholarship and, you know, living up to the name. And, um, you know, cause I was even, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I thought Boston College right down the street, um, at least I'd get a chance, right? Sure. Uh, but it just, it didn't happen, but, but everything, Firm believer. He works
0: out for a reason. In everything
2: like, we, happens we, for a we, reason. reason. You have to
0: always look at that. And uh, I'm sorry to hear your father's passing. I just remember specifically. So he oh, played yeah. for the Patriots at what time? It was the seventy-eight
2: and ninety.
0: So he played with Rogan, the days of Steve Rogan.
2: Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I interviewed Steve Rogan years ago. It's like I pull up all these different ones. I, I'm having someone on my team. Go back and check every, to come up with my list of 8,000 plus interviews. And I've probably interviewed celebrity athletes and entertainers of thousands of people. And I I don't have a list, you know, and I I might have to find some of these interviews. Literally yesterday, I found one that I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember I interviewed John Rich. Well, heck, it wasn't showing up on one thing. It was showing up on YouTube and I had to figure out and maneuver my way to get it downloaded on YouTube because it wasn't on another podcast anymore. So go figure. All right, back to you, Chris, for the next question.
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, it's just kind of, a, it's kind of an incredible story. And then, you know, when I listen to him saying, you know, you know I went to high school about two blocks from the University of California. And so when I listen to him talking about USC, and I think he knows that area is kind of a rough area. Uh, you have a lot of young kids around there who are striving, you know, to change their lives, to, to um, you know, advance in life. And some of them actually want to go and do uh, what uh, our, our star has done here today. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, Lofa. I mean, what are some of the things you think these young people uh, that can learn from you uh, to be more
2: successful in life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, just chase your passion is is the one that I always tell people when they ask for advice. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe... That line, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. You're going to work. You're going to work your ass off, <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you're doing, but, you know, if you want to be successful at it. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's what I was blessed to do. And I really only focus on things that I love. And and that's what I, you know, I gravitated towards naturally, whether it was football and when I got out of it, coaching football, and then also leading me to my other business endeavors. But everything I do, uh, I don't, I don't do many things, but I do them because I love them and I have fun doing them, if that makes sense. And I think it, you know, stress is, there's a lot of stress in life, right. For everybody, you know, I think (laughs) life is stressful. Um, but if you get up every morning with a purpose, um, you know, outside of your family, right. That's obviously, you know, um, number one, but, you know, for something to do, if you're doing something that you love, I mean, it is, it, you're, you're lucky. And uh, so, you know, you always, I believe you got to do what you have to do until you get to do what you want to do. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, definitely work on what you love. And, uh, and, and you'll find a role, maybe not the one that you want right away. Um, like if football didn't work out, I probably would have been a coach. And I would have, I would have immersed myself in, in, in a scouting or coaching role. And I believe I would have been one of the best because I love it that much. And, and I did coach for two years, 15 and 16. I got to coach with the Hawks um, assistant linebacker coach, and I loved every minute of it, but my kids were just too young. And so I wasn't ready to sacrifice the informative years of their, their childhood for, you know, something i wasn't going to be selfish and because i love football so much miss out on on these years that i you're not going to get back uh so
0: and see that's a, that's commendable. let's talk about usc at the point where you went from maine to usc you didn't you were hoping just to play yeah. did you ever imagine you'd be in the nfl that at that point especially yeah. in, did you think you were? be yeah
2: a- absolutely you know everybody they told me i was crazy um, they, you know, I heard, you know, they like, you. Yeah, okay, well, we'll see. Um, but I just, I believe, I believe, you know, the whole time that, you know, not that, you know, it was meant to be, but that I was going to make it happen. And, and so I don't, when someone believes, I mean, you see it in their eye, you see it in the way they talk, um, it's, and they're going to work because that's, that's, That's how much they believe that they're going to make it happen. And so, um, and yeah, I, you know, I kept just, you know, having visions of getting drafted and, you know, what that would be like. It was, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody was, you know, nauseous listening to me talk about my future plans. Cause from the time I was seven until the time I actually made it, whenever anybody asked me, Hey, what are you doing? I, you know, working towards playing in the NFL, like, like just, kept it just naturally happened that's how you know much I loved it and uh yeah man so it was uh, it was wild and uh you know grateful I mean uh, I I landed in a great place you know it's, it's I you have to have some luck on your side and um you know being in a position and you know Pete was bringing in top five classes left and right yeah. So the talent around me was ridiculous. I, I played with three Heisman Trophy winners. Um, you know, our offense was always stacked. So it, it's, it's easier to play defense when you, you know, mostly, most of the times you have a lead, but, um, you know, nobody does anything alone. So I, I really believe that I was put in some great situations and I just took advantage of the opportunity that was presented. Because um, that's the thing is, you know, a lot of people get that that shot, but they're not ready for it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Chris, next
2: question.
1: Oh, no problem, no problem. I mean, it's just, <laughs> wow, so many so many great things we're learning uh, from our, our NFL pro bowler today. So um, the other question I had, you now, transitioning, you know, um, you know, when you leave those kind of professional sports, maybe going to business business, or a coaching or, or things that you, you've talked about. Um, tell us a little bit about some things that you've gotten involved in um, is there a
2: company called Sonalan or I'm gonna question Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I got a uh, part of a couple companies, uh, founded, co-founded a couple of them, but, um, you know, I came back here to coach, didn't realize how much I missed Seattle. I'm, I'm still in Seattle. Um, this is a fake background though. So don't get fooled by the space needle. Uh, and when I was coaching, you know, me and my wife realized how much we missed it here. Um, our firstborn was born here. Uh, just a lot of great moments that happened here. And um, so when I came back, coaching afforded me the uh, opportunity to, you know, uh, be in a place that we were familiar with and love, but also what was happening was, um, you know, it was right on the cusp of cannabis becoming legal, uh, you know, uh, recreation, medically, and then taking a leap into recreational, right? Upon the time we were coming here. And so um, from a business opportunity, um, uh, my, my friend, brother, uh, Matt McCoy, NFL brother, I've uh, known him since I was 18. He went to San Diego state. We, we got some properties together in the, in the green zone. So where you could, um, legally grow and produce uh, okay. cannabis. Mm-hmm. And so it, we just started off as a, like a real estate venture for us because, you know, we, we didn't know much about cannabis other than we like to consume it. I mean, really, that's, I'm just going to be serious, going to be honest and uh and so um we put some people in place and you know they were supposed to run it and you know they just weren't holding up their end of the bargain and so you know my very you know it was a great move and smart move by my my, my brother Matt he was like hey we got to take this over we got to save everybody's money everybody's uh you know investment um and we could do it and I was just like I, I asked him that's the first thing I asked him I go yo do you think we could do it he goes, we'll figure it out. And, <laughs> and I mean, and that, yeah, you know, that's scary. Right. When you got other people's money on the line, your own, you know, obviously, but then other people's, you know, your friends and other people, it's like, man, like, I don't want to let them down. And, you know, you know, I had the conversation with him and I was just like, Oh, well, you know what? I won't. I'll just work my ass off. Like I do it, everything else. And with my brother, Matt, his leadership and his guidance, you know, we, We learned it, we we learned it inside and out. We learned, you know, how to grow cannabis, how to, you know, we built out the whole facility, um, you know, run, ran operations, packaging, developing and growing a brand from scratch. It was insane. And we were doing it all on the fly, man. But again, I was doing something that was fun, that I loved. Like I said, remember, do what you love. And with one of the few people that you know feels like like family. Like Fantastic. felt like I've known like I knew him for for my whole life upon meeting him. And so um, yeah, he's one of my 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 best NFL brothers I ever had, man. He's uh he's been awesome. Fantastic. And so we've been building that together, and that's 1937 Farms is our brand up here in I-502 Legal Recreational Cannabis in Washington. And Throughout this whole process, you know, I, because of the injuries and, you know, a bunch of things, I, in my, my career is shortened because of, I had 10 surgeries, I had 15 plus concussions and, you know, I, I didn't realize it because I was in the storm right in the eye of the storm but i didn't realize how bad my health had gotten i i ballooned up to like 275
0: 280
2: pounds oh my god uh, yeah i w- it was it was bad You look man.
0: great now for sure at
2: 235 man i'm back to my plan weight you guess <laughs> so
0: no no one sees it but i'm going to take this interview and put it out even though it was supposed to be TV, I'm going to make a TV because you're amazing. I can do some editing and put my I, – I didn't plan on getting on camera, but I can fix all that. So I, I'll do some of the editing process from that. But, man, this is the thing I'm going to talk about. You saw what you did in sports because, again, I'm a former professional wrestler and I, and I and a former school teacher. And I took all those talents into my entrepreneurship where I have nationally syndicated radio, TV show, and all these things. I have, I have mul- all these – I have clients – uh, I have also I have um, a, 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 a uh, agency that helps grow tribes and communities. So I've done the whole process. I've done the entrepreneurship. And when you wake up every day as an entrepreneur and you're an entrepreneur because you created something out of nothing and you come up with a plan in a marketplace, it's got to feel good, man, doesn't it?
2: Oh, it's amazing. It's I, you, it, you. It's tough to really put it into words. Um, and even because. I didn't, I didn't graduate from college and, you know, so um, I, I couldn't have imagined of starting my own business and running it, you know, with, with people that I love. It's, it's just, you know, I felt like, oh, it's, it's, you know, not meant for me, you know? So, um, and, and then through that, through that, uh, that first venture that we got into um, and upon using cannabis, more importantly, Um, there was very low THC, um, the, these capsules that a friend of mine made, and they were high in CBD and all the other minor cannabinoids, all the other minor plant compounds. And man, I mean, I'm, so this is where everybody thinks, oh, they, you know, stoner stigma. They just want to get high. No, this is little to no high, happy, happy, not high. And the most insane amount of production I've ever had in my life. I'm I'm talking in every facet of my life, I got better.
0: So, so this I, is definitely medical, medical. Yes. yes. So that's
2: and that's where you know I CBD started to come into play, and you know I, because I think it was back to 15, 16 where I first started hearing about it, and I started researching it. What was it and um, you know, the hemp de- derived. So I, I have a cannabis company, which is 1937 Farms. That is only legal in Washington because okay. not federally, you can't cross state lines. Wow. There's some states that are legal and others that are not. CBD is federally legal everywhere. And um, so um, I started hearing more and more about it and, you know, what people were taking it for. And it was, I mean, uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, a neuroprotective, you know, to hopefully combat the, the brain injuries I was going through, which was, they were, they were presenting a lot of cognitive issues um, from, you know, short-term memory, you know, oh, no. struggling to, to sit down and focus to even read. It was, oh. man, it was insane how hard life had become. Like I said, I was in the eye of that storm and, you know, luckily this was the, you know, the life vest that, that was thrown to me or the, the, and I, I couldn't believe it when I found it. So for, the next, before I I spun off and started another company, Zone In CBD, which is the one you just mentioned, Doc, and um, you know that's changing lives daily out here, which is you know, I couldn't be more grateful for because it's changed my life. And these are products that they've made me my best version of myself, and I think that's that's pretty. You know, outside of helping as many people as you can while you're here on this earth. Yeah, be kind of the best version of yourself is really yeah. what it's all about. And so, all right,
0: so yeah, so we're gonna jump quick podcast questions, and Chris is going to summarize you really quick. Here, yeah, quick podcast questions. Go, ahead, Chris. Sure, sure. We'll,
1: we'll go, so I'll talk until he finishes. Yeah, I'll yeah,
0: yeah. Sure. Okay, so the quick podcast questions. One, one is why did you start your podcast? These are quick sound bites, like you were on ESPN or something. Go, let's right. go with those. Go.
2: I love football, and they uh, they they offered me the opportunity to talk football and see Seahawks.
0: Okay, so based on, based on podcasting, uh, did you have any radio experience before doing podcasting?
2: None at all. I'm learning on the fly like everything else.
0: How many hours a week do you prepare for your podcast?
2: A um, couple hours, and we, we film for an hour, but a couple hours of uh, you know, notes and stuff like that.
0: Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge of being a podcaster?
2: Um. You know, I, my team makes it easy. And I know that's a, that's a cop out, but they they make it easy. I show up and just, you know, talk trash. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. That's great. And uh, what what are your goals for your podcast? What do you want to see it?
2: I, you know, it, which is crazy because I'm, I have goals and everything else I do, but it's, it's something I'm really just having fun with. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the possibilities are. Uh-huh. So. I, and just like anything else, uh, when, when it's not fun, I'm done. So Alofa.
0: Alofa. you got to make it, you have to set some goals for yourself on that. I'm going to tell you right now, okay. set some goals.
2: I'll take it from you, man. You, you 8,000 interviews. You, you, yeah. I got a lot to learn from you.
0: Yeah. And, and, but also remember to go on the fly and do an interview anywhere you're at. doesn't matter if you're in the airport, doesn't matter. you, you want to do it. And that's the big thing. Um, and I, so basically social media, do you use social media a lot for your podcast to promote it?
2: Uh, no, I'm the world's worst self promoter of all time. It's, it's really something that's holding me back. I I don't know. I just. Well, well,
0: we need to talk. We need to talk, brother. Okay. We need okay. to talk. Okay. All right, Chris, go ahead for your last question and then you'll summarize, Lofa. So, quick question, but it, like two minute answer. So, go with your uh, question, uh, Chris. Just kind of
1: follow up from what he was talking about. You know, from a medical standpoint, as an MD and as a doctor over 21 years, and I know that the, the CB oil the receptors, CB1, CB2, located throughout the brain, central nervous system, many parts of the body, the anti-inflammatory. And again, uh, I think you mentioned use for anxiety, depression, certainly for pain, okay? And certainly research is probably not, or certainly legal all over the US. So um, just wanted to put that as, as from a medical standpoint, a very safe product. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so not really a question. Uh, I can't, move to, I can summarize, talk a little bit. Longer. Yeah,
0: yes, go ahead and summarize them now. Go ahead.
1: With no problem so God, we just learned so much uh, from lofa so many important, important points that he had sort of, for for young people and um and some of the things were pretty much you know, you know get up every morning you know with a purpose you know uh, focus on the things that you love okay um, look up to your parents you know they're, 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 your parents are doing great things as a role models okay perspective what is everything in life is what he said and that's very very important and when you get an opportunity, take a shot at it. You know, you have an opportunity to take a shot and do what you love to do. And so, wow, we see exactly why he's been successful over the years. Um, he is a brand of his own kind. And so, wow, it was really great to have a Lofa on the show today. Thank you for my show today, sir.
2: Thank you guys so much, Doc, Neil. You guys are the best. Appreciate it. And, and
0: Lofa, now I'm calling you out. And we're going to talk on the phone. You're going to build your podcast to a level because you're an entrepreneur. That's another brand awareness for your companies. This is one where you don't have to go on social media. If you blow this podcast up and go on and promote the podcast, more and more people are going to find your business and you're going to grow to the level that you want to grow to. And I I really love your intensity and I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find the business stuff too? Where can we go?
2: Well, all, 1937 Farms is only, it's uh, available only in select retailers out here in Washington, uh, mostly the Seattle area. Um, Zone in CBD. You can find it and learn more about it at zoneincbd.com. This is the, man, this is the stuff that put me back together after countless brain injuries from the concussions and all the surgeries I had. I am back out playing basketball like four or five times a week. i I couldn't even do that when I was playing in the NFL. It was like I saved up everything I could just to have that one Sunday. And, man, I'm, I, if I had this back, I'm not going to say I would have been a Hall of Famer, <clears throat> but I would have made a couple more Pro Bowls if I had this back then. And I think that's the narrative I want people to understand is how much better this has made me in every facet of life, um, that it's it's something that, you know, you're, you're missing out on if you're not at least, you know, trying it. And, you know, it's, it's something that I, like I said, I'm, I'm very passionate about and I'm lucky to be doing. And for, for three years before I started the business, I believed in it so much. I was just buying it and handing it out to friends and family and watching some of my loved ones become the best version of themselves. It was insane.
0: Your definite testimonial. And also the Believe Podcast Network is where you can check out your podcast. Your podcast name is?
2: Believe in Seahawks. We are going under a name change, though. But for right now, it's Believe in Seahawks. Um, I don't think the Hawks are too happy about, you know, their name being used, even, oh, even okay. by one of their own. They're
0: <laughs> yeah, available, available on Apple Podcasts and all different podcast places. But go to Believe Podcasts because we love Braun. Braun is the man. And I'll keep telling him that. I love him. And uh, how we hooked up is how all the world hooks up and meets new people. And that's what having a radio show podcast and television show brings to the table. Appreciate it, Lofa. Thanks, Dr. Christopher Hall. And that was the Dr. Christopher Hall simulcast with Podcast Magazine. Take care, guys.